If you heard this morning's Democracy Now!, you know that Amy Goodman interviewed actor Danny Glover about his days as a community organizer in San Francisco during the Black Power Movement. For this next segment, we're going to the cinema space of San Francisco, which has long been a hotbed of alternative arts production as well as radical politics. A collaborative team of three media curators, Steve Side, Kathy Garretts, and Steve Anker, recently completed an ambitious historical survey of experimental film and video from the Bay Area. Their research project, called Radical Light, has led to both a publication with the University of California Press and to a touring film program. Our arts editor, Jesse Lerner, caught up with two of the curators when they were in Los Angeles this past week. My name is Kathy Garretts, and I'm a curator at Pacific Film Archive up in Berkeley. I'm Steve Anker, and I'm the dean of the School of Film and Video at CalArts. I wanted to start by asking a little bit about the specifics of place as expressed in experimental media arts. I'm thinking in relationship to David James's most typical avant-garde, and uh, last fall there was a conference at USC, the Alternative Projections, where there was a lot of exploration of this relationship between alternative media in Southern California, its relationship to the industry and to the landscape. And it seems like what you're doing really complements nicely that pair of projects. There's a very sort of regional specificity about each of them. How does that express itself in the Bay Area? Well, part of the reason we started the project uh, was that there hadn't been that much historical work or recovery work done on um, the history of experimental film in the Bay Area and until David James did his great book in Los Angeles. As, you know, a lot more attention had been on um, artists who worked in the um, New York area. So part of it for us was to uncover a history. Uh, another part for us was to create a model for what it was to dive deeply, vertically, into a, regional, a region uh, so that other places could also use that concept. So we tried to take a really broad notion of what happened in the Bay Area. So we looked at artists who came through, artists who lived there, various institutions, for example, venues that showed work, uh, venues that eventually arose to distribute work, and the schools um, that produced, say, the next generation of uh, film and video makers that were making work in the area or going to other areas. And so we found in our region that there was a really interesting mesh between those aspects that um, artists who made work and then decided to start a venue to, in order to show their work, and that led perhaps at some points to distribution of the work, to get it out more. Um, and so the arc we looked at was from the 40s to 2000, and a reoccurring theme during that whole period was having an interesting intermix of those things. Steve um, uh, worked on the landscape show that we did, so you might have something more about the actual region. Well, California, of course, has been a region which has only been lately populated by non-indigenous people, and so it's uh, really attracted for the last 150 or so years, uh, people who were interested in relocating, shedding themselves of the past, uh, dreamers, uh, in some cases, uh, outcasts. Um, and perhaps uh, the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area, 
you know, has, I think, in the imagination and in reality as well, uh, really for much of this uh, last century, uh, been kind of almost a mecca uh, for people who are naturally rebellious and wanting to start their own uh, perhaps alternative lifestyle. And I think uh, that the three of us, uh, being curators in the Bay Area for many years, uh, sank, as Kathy was just saying, more and more deeply into discovering and understanding what a rich repository in the world of media, especially uh, film and video, uh, heritage, you know, there has been starting really in the 19th century, uh, but then really picking up in the mid-20th century of individualists, iconoclasts, people who really were trying to make their own work very uh, individualistically. Your series starts in the 1940s, and it seems like there are a number of um, significant events and cultural movements that take place there. The San Francisco Museum of Modern Art has the art and film series. The San Francisco Art Institute has a series of workshops. And of course, the Bay Area is really ground zero for beat movement, poetics, this emergent counterculture. Can you talk a little bit about the landscape of experimental film in the Bay Area around the middle of the 20th century? I'll start with the mid-40s that you began with. Um, there was a fascinating figure, Frank Stoffacher, who was a um, graphic designer and approached the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art, as you mentioned, about taking on a film series. And at various times, other interesting people assisted him, including the uh, animator, filmmaker, musicologist, um, Harry Smith. His project was just um, really uh, fascinating in that he, at a time when there weren't like you know emails and even telephone calls were expensive, wrote letters, sent telegrams, and collected um, experimental cinema from around the world, going usually directly to the filmmakers. Uh, there was a little bit of distribution, like Museum of Modern Art in New York, in order to, to present that work in um, a museum setting, you know, film as a 20th century art form, and to introduce people to um, very specific histories. So he curated his programs. You know, there'd be one on, you know, experimental animation. There'd be one on the precursors. Um, for example, um, turn of the century experiments like Melies, or there'd be uh, one on the um, 1920s Europeans. And so people who went to those screenings, would they bought a subscription, so it'd be for a whole year, and they wouldn't really know what they were coming to see. So some of them would be museum goers, but others were just interested people who, like, we've, we know, like, for example, that Jordan Belson was a student at UC Berkeley and started going to those screenings, or people like Harry Smith. And some people had a penchant already for creative exploration and other forms and thought, okay, I'll try film. And so the series itself began producing the first generation of filmmakers in um, the Bay Area. There's another uh, avenue that also was cre creating filmmakers, which is um, the amateur film club movement, which was very strong in the Bay Area beginning in the 30s. And there's a number of filmmakers who kind of cross from seeing themselves as amateurs who begin also showing at um, Stoffucker's art and cinema series. It's kind of like emergence of a movement. They start shifting from seeing themselves as an amateur to seeing themselves as an artist. Um, and then things change a little bit in the 1950s when become much more uh, interdisciplinary between artists. But um, maybe, Steve, you'd like to talk about that? So really, San Francisco became in the 50s and then in the 60s again 
a real place in which young people especially could come and uh, do what they would like, you know, uh, and live very differently than they might have, you know, where they came from, the Midwest, the East, perhaps Europe. Uh, So really starting in the 50s, uh, you had uh, sometimes uh, people just having moved there, sometimes people who, like Sidney Peterson, uh, grew up here. Uh, really trying to do very different kinds of things with film. Uh, And that often meant intersecting with other kinds of revolutionary artists of the period, uh, in some cases working with poetry, other cases music or painting. Um, One of the films which uh, will be shown at the Red Cat from the early 1950s is by Christopher McLean, and it's called The End. And uh, he himself was a very uh, well-known, uh, although kind of an enfant terrible figure, a poet in North Beach in the early 1950s. And he made his first film, which was an extraordinary, uh, complex, and very radical in its use of storytelling and narrative series of portraits of some of his beat friends uh, from that period. And it's also an incredible portrait of, uh, of a 50s Cold War America. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, soon we shall meet the cast. Observe them well, see if they are not yourselves. And if you find none of them to be so, then insert yourself into this review. And uh, people like Christopher McLean, Lawrence Jordan, uh, Jordan Belson uh, were interested in trying things with film that they had never seen done before. And they were being inspired and also working with other radical artists from that uh, post-war and uh, Cold War era, 1950s uh, San Francisco. Uh, And this kind of energy uh, sustained, really, uh, because uh, Kathy also mentioned this landscape program. You know, in San Francisco, uh, in some ways, is a landscape of the mind, but it's also a place of constant change. Uh, Physically, it's a place in which almost from one neighborhood to the next, sometimes one block to the next, you don't know what the vista is going to be like. You've got these hills, you've got sometimes fog coming and going. Uh, It's almost psychologically and physically a place of unpredictability. So by the 1960s, of course, it became a mecca for young people, you know, and this wonderful spirit of revolution and discovery is all over all those films from uh, from that period. There's also a program of more recent work, right, of films from the 1980s and 1990s and some of the filmmakers that coming out of the art schools in the region, people like Scott Stark and Colleen Smith, Dominique Gonjarami, who are all very active today as um, media artists. Can you talk a little bit about the contemporary scene in the, in the Bay Area? Really, in the last 30 years, or let's say the last 20 years in which the book covers from 1980 through 2000, it was a period in which a good percentage, perhaps the majority of emerging filmmakers, in fact, had learned about independent and experimental film from filmmakers or curators in schools. Uh, And by that point, there really had already uh, been a tradition, you know, that again had started perhaps uh, at least in the Bay Area in the 40s, but had been decades old. Um, So they had uh, absorbed, they came of age by absorbing wonderful work by people like Bruce Conner or Bruce Bailey. Um, And yet there they are, younger people working with a medium, you know, and within a form which itself is 
identified in a lot of ways with the radical 50s and 60s. And so what you find with a lot of these younger filmmakers who emerged uh, in those decades is they were absorbing a lot of, in some cases, the techniques, in other cases, uh, perhaps the attitudes and the aesthetic approaches of some of their uh, mentors or their predecessors. But, you know, they were synthesizing. You know, they were actually approaching it uh, much more from a perspective of uh, either criticism or a certain self, an analytical uh, self-reflexivity. And so what you find is a whole range of kinds of works. You, you find all kinds of amalgams even, hybrids. In a way, it's very postmodern, even though it's very, still very modernist in a lot of its ambitions, uh, the kinds of films that are being made. Uh, but you have combinations of found footage and essay uh, with voiceover you know, or storytelling um, in ways that you may not have had as in, in the 60s um, in much of that filmmaking. Uh, you have people blending different kinds of approaches. That's interesting. Um, to think back to when the first um, class um, in experimental filmmaking was made um, in relation to what Steve was just saying. Uh, who, what's his name? Douglas McKaigie, who was um, at the San Fran- head of the San Francisco Art Institute, went to a screening of James Broughton's and Sidney Peterson's um, film in which the audience had a riot. You know, they just could not believe what they were seeing. This one of these very early attempts at personal expression. And in this, he had the vision to embrace that the fact that people were reacting so uh, viscerally to uh, something negatively to want to put that into the school. There wasn't a background to draw on, such as Steve was talking about, but rather they, they worked in a very surrealist, collaborative way, throwing in lots of ideas and then trying to make a group project together. No, we have not enough time for all of the stories. Let us go on. Maybe you will see yourself. So it's interesting to have the origins be in this moment of um, sort of rebellion and embracing it. Well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to both of you.